ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Here we are. Welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, everybody. Welcome again. Oh, what a show. What a show. It's going to be an elongated show. I don't know. This might just start being the normal thing. Here's what I don't want to happen. I don't mind keep doing long shows. But I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to keep doing long shows and then it just becomes... That's what the show is. Like, if I keep doing hour and a half long shows and then I go back to an hour, I don't want everybody telling me I'm doing short shows. The show's an hour long. When it goes longer... It's a special show, and today's a special show. I mean, they're all special shows, I guess, but today's a very special show. Uh, Dorian Pena is my guest on the show tonight, today, this afternoon, whenever you're listening to it, because he is the uh, guy who runs AAA in Mexico. Of course, uh, AAA um, in bed with uh, Lucha Underground and doing huge things over there in Mexico. A lot to talk to him about. You know, everything going on with Rey Mysterio. Uh, of course, the death surrounding Rey Mysterio. Not Rey Mysterio's death, but you know what I'm talking about. Alberto Del Rio. So Alberto Del Rio leaves AAA. Well, first he left WWE. He goes to AAA. He becomes champion. He returns to WWE, and what people may not realize is that he returned to WWE while he was still the champion of AAA. It left them in a very bad position, so that's one of the things we'll talk about. Now, I'm going to play the interview first. If you are one of these WWE guys that just wants to get to the WWE stuff, of course, Katie Lindendahl will be joining me today, and we have a, a nice, long state of wrestling concerning everything Survivor Series and the world that exists after it. So that's going to be part of today's show, too. But first, I don't know that much about AAA. You know, I don't follow it. I haven't gotten a chance to regularly watch Lucha Underground. I just know, uh, well, I know the headlines, you know. I kind of, I keep up with what's going on, but I don't, I don't watch it as much as I would like to. I know they are planning on expanding towards the United States, and I hope that happens. I think the more wrestling, the better. I love the idea of new styles of wrestling being introduced to the United States. Um, uh, uh, different groups that look, that look different, that appear to be a different thing than what WWE is presenting. And really, you know, as much of a powerhouse as WWE is right now, a lot of fans are looking for something that's very, very different. And and pro wrestling in general needs something that will give it a shot in the arm, and maybe AAA is what it is. So, Dorian Pena is my guest before we get into Survivor Series this week on Sam Roberts' Wrestling Podcast. Let's go to the interview. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Let's welcome into the studio Dorian Roldan Pena. Exactly. Did I say that right? You say it right. Not too, not too Americanized? A little bit, but it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, the first hurdle, the fact that you get Pena. Like, I know what an Enya is. Okay. We don't have Enyas. You know? We don't have that at all. I know that part. It's something really weird. It and is. And really, really, and the R, you know, between the R, R and the I can exactly. do it. You can do it really well. Thank you very, very much. <laughs> I'm, I try to be as cultured as I can. Um, you are the man as far as AAA is concerned. Is that correct? My uncle was the man, and I'm the, the guy who is in charge right now. And here with me is my mother, who is the actual president right now of, of AAA. And, and, but, yes, right now we're running all the operations of the business. So how did you end up 
becoming the guy to inherit the company from your uncle? Because my uncle doesn't have any child. So mm -hmm. I was like the second child to him and I was in the business with him trying. I was in all the tours when I was a kid. So I know this business for the last 23 years. So. And is this something that you wanted to do or was it like an inevitability where you go, oh, I'm going to get stuck into this wrestling business too? I love the wrestling you business. You do? You know, I never want to be a wrestler. That, mm -hmm. That's for true. But to run the business has been really fun and I, I love to do it. And is it is it more the strictly business business? Like let's figure out how to make some money doing this or are you hands-on with the creative and, and a little bit of everything I yeah. start I start I start in this business doing the first t-shirts in the Mexican market for the wrestlers so mm -hmm. that's the manner that I start and after that I go to the creative a little bit and after that to create some characters but right now I'm in the business I, I'm in the business development so but it sounds like position. even doing something as simple as making t-shirts for the wrestlers you start to get familiar with your audience immediately because yeah. you know what What kind of T-shirts do they want to buy? And then you go into writing and you're like, what kind of storylines? You're getting these guys sort of in the mix with things. So. It's something that they, I, I think it's part of my heritage, you know, to yeah. be in that business since I was a child. It's like a really bit easy for me to understand what the people want, at least in Mexico. So so it has been it has been really fun. And AAA was started as kind of an alternative, right, for people to go to. Yes. So your uncle was working for CMLL. Yes. And then he ends up leaving and starting his own promotion. Exactly. So what did he do differently? Because, you know, to a lot of American wrestling fans that don't know Lucha... It used to be really old-fashioned, you know? Uh -huh. he, he gives the colorful, he gives, he gives the new mask, he gives the new characters. People like Octagon, people like Rey Mysterio, people like Tychosis. Wow. Uh, they were created by, by, by my uncle. I remember how he started to... to, to literally use a pen in a napkin to start to create all the new characters and that's the manner that he creates La Parca and he, that's the manner that he creates Mascara Sagrada and all, mm -hmm. the, uh, all, the, uh, all these characters they, they put the lights, they put the production, they put the new concept like the midgets uh, uh, and the exotico guys who are, who are uh, these characters who, who, have, uh, uh, who are the gates in the ring and, and it's, everything it's, he, he puts a show in the wrestling business in Mexico Gotcha. So like like CMLL was a little more traditional, a exactly. little slow style, and this is like, let's bring some show business to it. Let's make these characters even larger than life. Exactly. And when you're working, when you've got an audience that kind of respects that mask heritage so much, you really can like sit down with a napkin and some and a pen and like really sketch out comic book characters way more so than you can in America. Is that right? Totally, totally right. I always told to my uncle, you are like the Walt Disney of the wrestling without the money of Walt Disney. <laughs> you, you are really, he, he creates every, every character in that, in that manner, trying to figure out how to do it a superhero. Mm -hmm. So how did you guys feel once the guys you said, La Parca, yep. Psychosis, Rey Mysterio, you know, all these guys start coming over to the States first a little bit in ECW and then WCW really kind of takes everybody over for their cruiserweight division. How did you guys look at that? Was it was it a positive thing because it, it pushes what we're doing forward, or was it hey you're taking all of our stars? When when it started to happen in 1996, it was something really bad for us because it was like the principal talent in our company. Right, right. now we see we we saw that like a perfect opportunity because it was a manner that they that the doors open to to these new kind of wrestlers and to the lucha libre style to have people like Juventud Guerrera, like Eddie, like. Even even uh, Rey Mysterio, Conan, it was to bring the lucha libre style to the United States, and it was something that changed the business. We have we have people today like like Ricochet, or we have people today like Angelico, or even Jack Evans, who are who are wrestling in a lucha libre style, and and that's because 
people like psychosis and juventud open this open this market 15 years ago. But in that space, they didn't say, hey, we're going to take some of your talent and showcase them in America and then send them back to you. They just said, no, we're taking them. They're ours now. <laughs> and it happens a little bit all the time, but th that's the wrestling industry. And right now, everybody's trying to protect the talent that we have. We didn't used to do that. Uh, ten years ago, it was more like it, it was an agreement in the table, and right now everybody has agreements and exclusivities, and what is going to happen and the windows. Uh, so is it, that what's totally different? Is that what you have to do? Like maybe this is your role, like bringing the business into 2015 and realizing that talent needs contracts, and we need to work things out with lawyers now. And it's not like kind of the old school wrestling carny business where it was like handshake. You know, exactly. And if you check day. all the companies, all the wrestling companies in the world, almost all the companies start like family business. Right. And the manner to, to create a corporate business in this wrestling in this wrestling industry, it's, it's the, the thing that everybody's trying to do. Even TNA, even WWE, even AAA, even Lucha Underground. So we are trying to, to get this business to the to the real business world. Right. And, and it's interesting because it does positively or negatively like hugely affect the business because – you look at WWE now, mm -hmm. and they can't do anything like they did back, you know, 15 years ago. And it's because, well, we're a publicly traded company now. We have to – and, you know, you talk about what killed WCW, and they say it wasn't even this. It was that. It was, you know, Warner Brothers coming in and then time and then – and it was like this corporate stuff. Totally. That, you know, 10 years before the Monday Night Wars didn't even exist at all mm -hmm. in pro wrestling. And the same happens with AAA and the same is happening with Lucha Underground and, and everything is happened almost the same. And we are trying to figure out how to make our business bigger. So Lucha Underground has made your business bigger, I would think, right? It must, yes. must be very good. But it's kind of a risky thing because Lucha Underground is like, okay, we're taking a lot of AAA guys and that's AAA style mm -hmm. and we're bringing it to the States. But you're telling stories in a way that really haven't been told in American pro wrestling before. Like that style of television for American pro wrestling hasn't been done before. So it's either going to work or it's wrestling fans are going to be like, this isn't wrestling. This is a TV show. I don't understand. Click off. We didn't know how to, we didn't know how to spec when we launched Lucha Underground. We didn't know if it's going to work or, or not. After the season one, I can tell you everybody was happy. It's, yeah. It's the product that I don't see any complaints about the fans at all. You know, they, they are really happy. The people is happy. The product is amazing. When we were shooting, the first vignettes was like, we don't know if we are in the correct way, but yeah. after after season one, I can tell you, it was the correct way to present the product. And the first thing, when we have our our meeting with, with, with Robert Rodriguez, with Marble Net, with all the different teams being involved, the only thing that it was in the table is we don't want to be a copy of any wrestling company in the world. We want to do something really original. We are not trying to compete against anyone. We are trying to create the new platform for for the Latino superheroes. Right. Which is kind of what you had to do, what your uncle had to do exactly. when he left CMLL. Yes. And, and, and to first create AAA. It's like, okay, how do we reinvent what we're doing and show it in, in this in this way. Totally, totally agree. But, but the only difference is that right now we have people with really star power behind them. And when you have people like Robert Rodriguez talking yeah. about Lucha Libre, it's something really excited. And it's, it's a manner to, to try to arrive to Hollywood. And and I think that the in the plans that we have for Lucha Underground, it's not just to keep our business in the wrestling side. We want to arrive into another properties, like maybe a movie, maybe a series, maybe a, a, a car, a, an animated series. We have too many opportunities because we have a mythology behind the product. Mm -hmm. 
and it's something really important. And we have our superheroes. We have storylines that we that are not exactly wrestling storylines. You have one now owner like Dario Cueto, or you have a character like Matanza. Sure. So so there are too many things that we can do with that product. But then it's like then you bring in uh, uh, Johnny Mundo yeah. or someone who we know from as John Morrison from WWE TV, mm-hmm. and so you sprinkle in the oh remember him remember him well now he's doing this, and so you get the eyes on it. And obviously, I would imagine that it wasn't you weren't worried about getting the eyes. It was a matter of keeping exactly people watching. But we bring these kind of characters to yes. our world, yes, and we put them in our world. Mm-hmm. So, so we are trying to 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 have a synergy, a synergy between the things that we are doing and the and the characters that we have. We have people like like Prince Puma. We have people like Mil Muertes. We have people like uh, like King Cuerno who are in another league with another name, but in this property they are playing a role. And right, like more traditional time. TV. Exactly. Yeah. So how close was it to happening, not happening? Because this is one of those deals. Like the fact that Lucha Underground is happening blows my mind because anybody that's been around wrestling knows that this idea of like a company like AAA saying, well, we have Robert Rodriguez interested and we got this TV project. Like every wrestling company has these things like in the works and they never pan out. You know what I mean? Like you hear, you hear this is buzzing and no, this is, this is what we're working on and it's going to change a lot. And bu- and then it never pans out and it just doesn't happen. How, when did you realize that this is actually going to happen for us? To be to be honest, it was everything. Everything happened in the perfect time. Uh, at the beginning, we were only with two Mexicans, two Mexicans who are really really good partners. The first one he used to run and to be the owner and president of a soccer team in, at the MLS uh, of Chivas USA, and another another Mexican guy who is a producer. Mm-hmm. And they are really really strong in America. And they were when they saw AAA for the first time, it was like we have something real here so let 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 go to present this product to everybody yeah and we have the fortune to have people uh from william morris the guy who was in charge of that and he saw the product and he says okay i have too many projects but this one fits really well to the thing that i want to do Uh and he was partner of robert rodriguez when he showed that to robert rodriguez he was like okay i'm going to have the right network so it's a perfect product for my channel yeah even that step right there when you're like we're a wrestling company that has william morris agency like looking at us like oh i think it's like that's crazy no other wrestling promotion has it's a thing that i tell you it's very mainstream i think that when when we talk that we want to do this a family business to a corporate business it's like the first step that you need to take right to have real people behind you and to have uh, and to don't just try to to keep your business in the in the hardcore wrestling fan because if you want to compete to wwe you need to attack them the, the mainstream yeah and the only manner is to have these kind of players behind you now how much now that lucha underground is successful how badly do you want to kind of push the AAA branding ahead of it? Because you know it's one; it becomes one of these things where Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground, Lucha Underground. And you're like, wait, this is all based on AAA. Like, like eyes over here. Like all this success from here. Let's also show you where it came from. I think it's a natural second step. It's like when you start to see these characters and you want to know where they born, they born in AAA. Mm-hmm. So you have another opportunity. And I think that AAA is a brand that is really re- recognized in, in, in the Latino markets and even, even in, in the Asian markets. And of course, right now, the thing that we are trying to do is with Lucha Underground, we put the, we put the level in, in uh, really above. And we want to, to take the AAA brand and the AAA TV show to that level. 
and to start to, to, to expand our horizons. And that's one of the things that we are trying to do here in America. We are trying to open the doors to South America too. And I think that we have a really good opportunity because if you try to find the new superheroes right. for the Latino community, we don't have superheroes. We right. just have soccer players and, and with the wrestlers, you have one, one wrestler like Santo or Blue Demon who was our real superheroes. And we just we just have the opportunity to create them for the people. Right. Now, and so when somebody like Rey Mysterio becomes available again on the market, that has to be like, we this is amazing. Exactly. Like to have Rey Mysterio under our banner is like exactly what we want. But it can also, I mean, it goes back and forth. We should talk about Alberto Del Rio. Of you course. know, Alberto. So you find out he's a free, a, the WWE has let him go. I think the second the second call that he receives from anyone, it was from AAA. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. You're like, yes, this is perfect. Yes. We'll figure out a new name for you, whatever we have to do. You know, you're the guy here. And he must have been hugely popular in Mexico. He's huge popular, yes. Yeah. So when you find out, and he was your champion? Yes, he was our champion. Technically, exactly. kind of was, is, like. <laughs> he is, was, I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. So, do you did you and you put the title on him right away because I mean, this we is... were we were the, well, I have the news that he was entered to the WWE like 3 days before he 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 has a pay-per-view over there. Oh, so you, so it's not like cuz I was wondering too if like you're sitting there watching the pay-per-view no, and going no, like no. What? <laughs> like the, but imagine my imagine my face three days before. It was yes. like, what it was the same it, yeah, what it do was you the mean? same fight, exactly. But but and it was it was a, a transitional moment because we were closing his deal in Mexico and he has just finishing his deal in in Lucha Underground, so the timing for him was perfect to do whatever he wants. Right. Uh, and he has this offer from WWE, it was a really good offer. Uh, uh, I think uh, he took a, a, a smart decision and, and he, uh but, of course, it's a way that you need to get to look at your agreements again and to don't have these kind of times. Like when I told you that you need to be really in a really safe position with yeah. Alberto. He was our champion and we were in negotiations. And after that, WWE arrives to the table. And you cannot compete with a company like WWE when you're talking about that amount of money. Of course. Of we course. have and another business model. Yeah. They have another business model. So and when, you can't even blame him. I have a really good offer. He was like, okay, Albert, see, it's something that we cannot offer to you. Yeah. And what it's not I like you could say, you hey, know? hey, WWE, give me a month and then give it, no, <laughs> three days. Because we need you in LA. Exactly. That, it happens like that. And we were we were trying to figure out with Alberto if we can have it for the next two shows. And Oh, was, so you were on with him for like a show-to-show deal. Exactly. No, 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 no. We were in a, we were in a year deal, but we were trying to close a deal for a, for one more year when WWE arrives. Gotcha. We were so just negotiating between, this transition. Gotcha. gotcha. And, and we asked to, to Alberto if he, can, if, he can, uh, if he can work with us until the end of the year for two or three more shows that we have on television. And he was like, I think, yes, let me ask to WWE. And the answer was, no, I can't. So Wow. So that's, that's one of the problems. Hmm? So you go, okay. So have you figured out what you're going to do with the? It's really easy. You are in the you are in the in the world of storylines. So yeah, I mean WWE just lost their champion. So <laughs> when they have to figure it out, so do you. You need to know what which is going to happen in your next show. But right now, of course, we are not going to stay to stay in a comfortable position. We are just hiring new talent. The last week, we present one of the most important Mexican wrestlers in our in. in in our ring, his name is Dr. Wagner, and we're just closing another deal with another wrestler. So, mm-hmm. so it's like everything. You need to move forward, and and we were in a, we were in a sensitive position with Alberto, but right now with 
with all the other talent that we have with Ray and all the young talent. Uh, we have so. I think that right now the the average in the age of all the wrestlers is the youngest that it has been in AAA. So That's we great. have to develop all these new characters like Phoenix, like Pentagon Jr., like Mil Mertz, like Drago, like Arrowstar, like Angelico, like Jack Evans. Yeah. We have so many. And really the recipe for success is not long-term success, is not getting guys that made their fame and now they're on our show. It's building – like you said, new start, new new comic book characters, new whoever, new heroes. And it's so complicated to create new new starts. It's complicated. You yes. have people like, for example, WWE has the same problem to to try to find a new Undertaker. How can, how can you do that? It's right. something that happens every ten years or something like that. Yeah. But right now, with this product, with Lucha Underground, with the exposure that we are having in the international market, and with AAA, I think we have that opportunity to create these new starts. In, in, a, in a faster manner. Yeah. What about what happens when something like what happened with Pero Aguayo and, and Rey Mysterio happens? Do you now have to sit and go back to the drawing board and say, how do we, is this a freak accident? How do we figure out how nothing like this ever happens again? This, like, what does this mean? Of course. And, and, and I don't, I, I am one guy who is, I don't like to, to throw like, bad answers about the things. But, for example, in the thing about El, El Hijo del Perraguayo, it was an accident. It happened in an indie show. And it was it was the only show in Mexico that it wasn't promoted by AAA with Rey Mysterio. It was the first show. So so when 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 Pedro called us to tell, to tell us that he wants to have this fight with Rey Mysterio because it was the first fight of Rey Mysterio in Mexico, it was like, you can do it. Mm-hmm. We didn't expect to have an accident like that. Of course, it, it, it's something really tragic, and it's something that we don't—you don't know how to handle it. You know, it was, yeah. Because I mean, uh, you, you, uh, like you said, you're thinking about business, but then you're thinking about this person mm-hmm. that you know is human I being. Wrote, and th- I wrote like, with him right. for the last twenty years. It's, right. We have been in the shows all the time, so so it, it was something really complicated, and we didn't expect it. I was I was in Mexico. I received a phone call, and it was like, okay, Pero is really bad, and it's like, why? He was in a show and he receives a, a bad, a bad, uh, how do you say, uh, a bad thing in, in his neck, and he was like, "Why? But what happened?" And after we see, we saw the videos. He was like, "Wow, the accident happens, and it's, it's just really tragic, and we cannot do anything." And we have this this conversation with with his family, and his family understand really well that there are accidents in this business, mm-hmm. and, and it's a really sad moment. It, it's one of the saddest weeks in 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 AAA. Uh, in all in all the in in these twenty three years because it was a really tragical week we have one accident of our boss with our staff and one person of our staff pass away that that week mm-hmm. the the Peros accident so it was really complicated yeah and you have to sit there like I don't even know what I want to do right now do we because uh, we can't we lose were momentum, shooting but, uh, we were it. shooting lucha underground the next day ah oh. so I was traveling to LA in, at the on the first trip to in the morning. And when I arrived and all the talent was crying and we, we do a little memorial to Paraguay in that show. So it was a really sensitive moment. Yeah. And I got to imagine as you, like, you got to be just watching this show go on. Like, I don't even know if I want to watch this show go on right now. Is this the right thing? But we have to keep pushing forward. And- we were preparing the Lucha Libre World Cup. <sighs> we were flying to Japan to close the deal with the company. It was a bad moment because... We were everybody was talking about the Peros accident. Of course, so it was like and you which is the safety promotion. that I have yeah. to go to Mexico if that happens the week before. So it's it's complicated, uh, but everybody was really supportive. Everybody was understand the the the, the accidents in this business. 
We have the we have the congressman trying to close our business in Mexico because of the accidents. Really, it, it was complicated. It was and, really complicated. And that's when people who don't really understand the wrestling business start to they, come they forward. They never because, talk about that, right? But when it happened an accident, everybody talks about that, right? So. And I mean, and that's the other thing I think a lot of people don't understand is this ability to keep moving forward. That's kind of what the wrestling industry is predicated on. Like you're like all everybody who's involved in the business, whether it's the person who had the accident happen to them or the people involved, it's like. This is a lot to deal with, but we always forward, 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 always push forward. So how did you deal with the politicians in Mexico? Uh, we, we have, of course, different meetings with congressmen, and we were talking about the safeties, and we want to show with the media all the things that we do for, for the wrestlers and all, all, the, uh, healthy, all the healthy insurance and all the other stuff that, that we have. And, you know, like everything, like one month after that happens, everybody was talking about another, another subject. Sure. So, so, so you just kind of let the wave ride, let the wave ride, and then move There's forward. There's nothing like like the time to, to move forward. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that either, and I talk about that a lot, that sometimes people, they get a bunch of controversy around them, and instead of just kind of dealing with it privately and talking to who they need to talk to and letting it go, they have to be outspoken, and they have to keep <laughs> fighting back and fighting back, and it's like you're making it worse. Exactly. You know what I mean? You're just you're totally, making it totally worse. Totally agree. There are moments that you need to talk. There are moments that you don't need to talk. So. Yeah. So – are you? How does how does AAA as a promotion fit into the American wrestling scene beyond Lucha Underground? We are trying to close TV deals. We are trying to to do a, a US tour. We are we are having different kind of plans. The relationship that we have, not just with Lucha Underground, even with other promotions, it's really good. For the first time in the last ten years, there are there are Mexican AAA talent in the different indie promotions in the United States. So I think. Uh, we have we have really good opportunities, and of course we want to appeal more to the to the to the Latino to the Latino market. Right, it's, right. It, it, it's fantastic. It's amazing. We don't have any kind of competition. It's another entertainment for 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 that market. But with Underground, we have opened a door to the American to the American fans. So so we are trying to figure out which are the next step. But I think the most important is to have eyeballs in your products. So the first thing that we are going to try to close as soon as possible is the thing about the television. Right. Now, Lucha Underground, obviously, second season. Do you have only the second season confirmed or is there anything beyond that? I, <clears throat> I'm going to give you the answer that everybody writes me. I just can't confirm the season two. But it's going to happen something else. Huh. So, so something's happening. Something is happening. And too many things are happening. But right now we're just go- you, we just have the approval to say that we're going to shoot season two. Uh-huh. But I think that we can have more. We can expect more from Lucha Underground in the next years. And it's, a, and it's obviously a brand. I mean, look, to start a cable network yes. in America in 2015 is about, I mean, generally speaking, one of the dumber things. you Oprah couldn't even pull it off. And somehow, not only has Robert Rodriguez pulled it off, but he's got this brand that's creating original content that people are actually talking about. So I would imagine that there's a lot of faith in Lucha Underground as a brand from Robert Rodriguez and company. And when you see the network, they have two TV shows who are the most important for for LA Network. The first one is from Dust Till Dawn and they're yeah. doing fantastic numbers and the yeah. second one is Lucha Underground. So do you I think, think it's do you think it's because people don't realize how much Latino content is wanted? Like it feels like all this stuff has been sit forever. It's just been like there's been an audience that's been waiting for it, and people just ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, especially in the States, where it's like you just give it to them, 
And here they all are. They've Let been waiting. Something. I have I have this conversation for the last ten years. We need to create content for the Latino, and between have these meetings and real happening, it's really complicated to get the money, to raise the funds, to get the TV channel, to make everything happens. Yeah, uh, it, 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 it's difficult. But right now, when you have the star power of these guys, everything starts to happen quick, uh, faster. You know, when right. you, when you say Robert Rodriguez, when you say Mar Burnett, when you say United Artists, when you say William Morris. Behind behind this kind of project, yeah, the doors open in a magic manner. What was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you need. Those names. Like it's like we can all have the ideas. Like of course we need to do this. Of course we need to do this. But not till we have these billion dollar names. Exactly. We used to have the know how, but right now that you have the know who becomes <laughs> right. easier. You know. Right. 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 What is it like for you? You know, and your team of people who know wrestling to then go in and start working with people like Mark Burnett who don't know wrestling but know TV. Like, is it a difficult thing or there are arguments or is it everybody kind of collaborating? The people and all the people who is behind Lucha Underground, from the talent to the to the producers and even to the editor and the edition and the assistants, it's an amazing team and it's really talented. We have people who has been involved in the wrestling industry. Uh, we have... Our our showrunner and executive producer, Eric Van Wagenen, has been running Tough Enough for WWE several years, so he understands really well the business. We mm -hmm. have people like Risa Joseph working in our company who has been in WWE, so uh, it's really talented, guys, with a, new, with a unique opportunity of reinvented this wrestling business, so we are really happy. Who are the stars that you have locked down that you think are going to make the biggest impact Especially stateside for AAA. For AAA, who are in Lucha Underground right now? Or either way, like who do you think? Uh, who do you think are these breakout people? Because that's what you need in order. Phoenix for... is amazing. Mm -hmm. Pentagon Junior is a unique heel. You mm -hmm. know, I, I'm a really big fan of of Pentagon. Right now, we have new talent. We have just signed one boy who who his name in Mexico is Lamita, mm -hmm. and he used to work for in a Japanese wrestling company for the last two or three years. He's 21 and he's so talented that I think he's going to make a huge impact in the in the wrestling business. Uh, we have guys like Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown, it's a top star right now for us and he's really young. Uh, uh, even El Hijo del Fantasma. But I think that with Phoenix, with Pentagon, with, with, with Flamita, with people... El Hijo del Pirata Morgan. Pirata Morgan is one of the biggest stars in the wrestling, in, in the Mexican wrestling. And right now his son is ready and he's making a really, a really good job. So I think that five, but almost all the time I'm in a mistake and there's a new guy who make a double impact and make right. a, a difference in this business. How do you protect yourself from having a, a, a repeat of what happened last time? So like in, you know, the mid 90s, WCW comes in, we've got this new thing, we're going to take all these guys. Like, how do you make it so that NXT doesn't come in and kind of <clears throat> take the way? Because NXT has gone out and kind of handpicked from the top independent talent around the world. How do you protect yourself it's as like, a business? It's like I told you before, right now the part we are, I think that there are two, two expenses that you cannot cut in your company and more in a wrestling company, contability and the lawyers. It's the, <laughs> most, it. the two most important <laughs> things 
in a wrestling company. So which right is now, which is so different, exactly, from anything that's ever happened before. The, the, the lawyer legal fees are now <laughs> the most like you need wrestling rings and you need lawyers. lawyers that's exactly, that's that, that, that the two things that you need. And, and and right now, for example, with the legal department that we have in Mexico and that we have in the United States, of course, we are trying to protect all our talent. And I think we are not the only ones. Even if you are going to invest in new talent and in young talent, the thing that you want to do is to, to be really protective. And we are not close. And of course, if they have a better opportunity, they are open to take it. Sure. So 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 I think the, the only thing that you want is like in the soccer or in another sport, if you want to take one of our talent, come and tell us. Don't 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 try to right. Like work with us and let us know. Exactly. And and maybe even get like one show heads up something. I think it will be the best the best manner for everybody. Yeah, hmm? yeah, and that's that's another thing that the way things don't really have to be as competitive as they used to be. Like the way the world works now is a little more I feel like collaborative than you know back in the Monday Night War times when it was like oh we're gonna take them and we're gonna put them out of business and we're gonna well. Do we need people out of business? Like, if anything, we need competition, right? I think we want a bigger industry. We want a bigger. We want more opportunities for everybody. I yeah. think the world is really big to have, and not just one company. Uh -huh. We can create new opportunities, but let's see what happens. It's like I think that it's going to work in a different manner in the next years. If you could get your hands on one WWE or NXT talent and bring them over to AAA in exchange for Del Rio, who would it be? <laughs> it's a really good question. Prince David, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy, isn't he? Prince David, I think so. Yeah. Well, at least now David knows. If anything goes wrong, <laughs> you got options. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, for hanging out. And where can people find out, especially here in America and England and stuff like that, where can they find out uh, more about AAA and what you about, have going on? About AAA, you can find more information in luchalibreaaa.com mm -hmm. in our social networks like Facebook and Twitter under the same name and for underground in luchaunderground.com. All right, great. So everybody check that out. And for the record, like, you know, we do a lot of WWE stuff on the show, obviously, because it kind of monopolizes the wrestling world. But in terms of what I need to do here on the podcast more, the number one thing I get from people is like, you got to talk about Lucha Underground more, man. You got to talk. So you have to do it. I know. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Thanks Perfect. a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Here is Sam Roberts. Big thanks to Dorian, the guy who runs AAA out there in Mexico. That Alberto Del Rio story. My gosh. I mean, I know you have to move quickly in the world of pro wrestling. But can you imagine realizing, oh, no. Oh, no. What am I going to do now? How could I have let this happen? Not under contract while he's the champion? Not responsible. Not responsible. But what am I going to do? I don't run any wrestling promotions. What I do have is a t-shirt store at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts. If you're listening to this on time, there's going to be a big Black Friday sale. You can get free shirts. You can uh, you can get discounts on things. I don't know all the deals, but there's a ton. If you want cheap, not Sam, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, What's the Haps, whatever t-shirts, not Sam Mode t-shirts, if you want them at a deal, go right now and get the Black Friday deals to ProWrestlingTees.com slash Sam Roberts and get whatever you need to get. Now, how are we going to do this, right? The idea of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast is that it's a positive wrestling podcast. I love pro wrestling. I love WWE. Everybody knows this by now. People think I'm a show for the company. That's how much I love WWE. 
but, you know, there's not that much to be happy about coming out of Survivor Series. Raw was not the most hopeful thing. Cesaro's injured. Uh, we just find out that uh, Sammy Callahan is going back to being Sammy Callahan. Salmon Crow is quit NXT. Uh, I am number one getting named on internet reports as if WWE is only letting me do interviews. And number two, getting into wars with Melissa Joan Hart. How are we going to handle all of this? There's only one person that can help me, and that's Katie Linendahl. She joins me today on The State of Wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to the State of Wrestling, non-WWE in the interview uh, this week on the podcast, because Katie Linendahl, I don't even know where to begin this week. Well, I know where to begin. There's something I strongly agree with that the WWE fully committed to. (laughs) What's that? Why does every country song have to talk about tractors? (laughs) Don't you be sour! (laughs) Thank God for New Day. Thank the good Lord for a country jamboree. Yeah. Well, they said country sucks. How'd you feel about that? Well, I, know, I, I was very misled by the whole... I was really waiting for the country jamboree because I like my country and I love the lyrics. You're a country music fan. Kofi Kingston... Because it's all so innocent. He specifically said, this is not my character. This is me. Country music sucks. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. So good. There's, and I mean, still no explanation as to why they had no place in the championship tournament. Katie, the purpose of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, and the reason why you're here and you do the show with me now, is because you fit the mold of what this podcast is all about. The only reason that I started this podcast was because I'm a wrestling fan, and I wanted a place where we could go and we could talk and we could share with some listeners all the things that we love about wrestling. It's a positive place, right? It is a very positive place. Power of positivity place. I'm having trouble getting there. But I will. Yeah. What did you think of Survivor Series? You <sighs> liked it. Don't lie to me because I know what your gut reaction was. I asked you right after it happened. And I said, okay, I didn't ask you any more questions. But I feel like so much of this is gearing towards the end of Survivor Series. What would you think of the end of Survivor Series? The, exactly. That's what you really want to know the answer to. Well, because nothing happened except for the end. So what did you think well, of the end? I was really impressed that let's first start. You predicted everything. Well, here's the problem. I predicted everything as this is the worst way they could go. I, <laughs> the, the ending that I predicted that is the way they went was after I spent like 35 minutes shaping one way. Just one way of many ways that they could go. I said... Or was that like the plan F? I guess so. Five F, F me. Plan F five <laughs> because F all of you. Because <laughs> I said the I said here's what they could do this that this that this that or they could just go straight WWE on us and have a good guy Roman Reigns win the title and then Sheamus cashes in. That's what I said. I kind of liked it. You did? I did. And you know what I really <laughs> liked about it is they iced the cake with like five minutes of confetti to the point where you knew there was just way too much confetti you did. to something not be going on. You liked it. You were sitting there, by the way. This is the second time we've had a money in the bank cash in to declare a winner. I dig it. What do you mean? Well, think about what Rollins cashed in. It puts more precedent on money in the bank, too. But all the money in the bank winners win except for a couple. No, I'm saying he actually... 
They they don't always have to win that match. They almost in the last year. They almost that's two huge claims. They almost always win the championship. I'm almost sure, always. I'm sure in your brain, which is different than mine, because it's like savant about your, your bullet knowledge. No, it's not bigger. It's it's not smarter either. But <laughs> I'm sure you can make a point to that. But I'm just saying this last year, two big champions out of it. WrestleMania and now Survivor Series. No, I remember both of them. I remember. We, we, we were at one of those. Uh, yeah, the good one. Mm-hmm. The good okay, one. Okay, go, go. Because obviously you want to use this as a forum <laughs> to, to, to provide a soliloquy as to why you are disappointed in Survivor Series. We're go. leading into a pay-per-view. And the main event is Roman Reigns versus Sheamus. That's the world title biggest match on the show. Raw ratings are low. And the biggest match on the show... The one that we're all looking forward to is good guy Roman Reigns versus bad guy Sheamus. And that's not a problem. It's a problem now. It's a huge problem. I didn't have a problem with it in the moment. But that's the only place you could go in that moment. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching Survivor Series, right? And it's like, okay, it's Dean and Roman in the main event. I'm like, you could still do it. I had more of of a problem with that. That to me was too, like, we knew that was going to happen. Dude, the ending was as predictable as anything I've ever seen in my life. Would you have... Okay, how would you have been happy with it? Well, I'm sitting there. There's so many moments. You want moments. a heel turn? There's so... Something has to happen. Yeah. Nobody... Yes. Yes, there has to be... Maybe wrestling has passed us by. And by us, I don't mean you and I. I mean people who are our age. Maybe wrestling is not for adults anymore. Because I watched Raw on Monday, and it was... I would disagree with that because I spend a lot of money on shop. So <laughs> I am like a target audience. Well, what am I wearing today? Unfortunately, you are wearing a, uh, a Bella, new Bella shirt. A brand new Bella shirt. Yep. I might be the first to be wearing it. Bella's O2. And maybe the only. Well, so far. At this rate. But. Sorry. I mean, you've got Roman Reigns in a position where he just has to fight all the bad guys now. And it's like this, these are the storylines that were going on when we were like. But backtrack to what your plan A would have been. I well, I mean, I did a whole breakdown of how you could have the. At the end of the day, it was Roman Reigns as a bad guy with the title oh, next, to, to, next okay, to Triple H, it. as the corporate champion. Would you have been semi-satisfied if Ambrose turned on him? Something it would have been, and then Sheamus still cashed in. No, why would Sheamus cash in? Yeah, at least that would have been something. So here's what I was sitting there looking at. I was like, okay, it's Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose. Okay, first of all, I was already heated. I was in a very upset state. I was re- it's a good thing we weren't talking because I was very short-tempered at the fact that the Brothers of Destruction had just destroyed the entire Wyatt family. Oh, maybe we should. We're going to have to talk about that well, of course, I have oh, strong feelings on that. I have stronger feelings on that. Of course we will. So I was already fuming. I was upset as it was. Then I'm watching. Does I'm the like, Undertaker, is, is he even still made it at the time of this podcast to the ring? I don't know. With that entry? Okay, just I don't know. Then... It's Ambrose Reigns, and I'm going, okay, could, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not one to uh, disparage before things happen. Like, I know people already now are saying, well, this year's WrestleMania is going to be terrible. It's ridiculously early to say that. And by the way, a day before last year's WrestleMania, it looked like one of the worst WrestleManias ever. Then the show happened, and it was one of the best WrestleManias ever. Yeah, I don't ever. even want to go there. It's so, yeah, like... it's, that's silly. Right. That's totally silly. But... That's why I try not to judge anything based on what's happening in the future. I just go on what could have happened versus what did happen. 
And this is why I shouldn't be fantasy booking and nobody should. Because you fall in love with your ideas. And then when your ideas don't happen, you act like, you know, the whole world has collapsed. But the whole world has kind of collapsed. Because I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, okay, all right. Reigns Ambrose, Reigns Ambrose. First of all, we're finally getting it, right? We haven't seen Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns. This is it, the culmination of all this stuff. Who knows where they're going to go? Maybe one of them will turn heel. Maybe there'll be a run-in. Maybe there'll be something. It ends in nine minutes. Roman Reigns defeats Dean Ambrose clean in nine minutes. So already you've cemented the idea that Roman Reigns is significantly better than Dean Ambrose. He beat him in the ring, clean, for the title in nine minutes. Really? That was only nine minutes? It was nine minutes long. So you've cemented Dean Ambrose is not the level of competitor that Roman Reigns is, which is not good because you don't have a a roster that's that deep at the moment because people keep getting injured. So then I'm like, okay, Roman Reigns just won. And I'm sitting there going, oh, no. I'm going to hear somebody yell, it's a shameful thing at any moment. I'm like, no, no, don't tell me it's well, a shameful thing. You know, you totally thing. look at the clock and you're like. That's what it was. It was 1038. Yeah. It was 1038. It was 1038. That's and fantastic because I, I remember went, it exactly too. I went, oh, no. It's We're gonna, such losers. It's going to be a shameful thing. It's going to be a shameful thing. Then Dean Ambrose is still in the ring. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe Dean Ambrose is going to turn on Roman Reigns now because he's mad about losing. I like that. Kind of like Owen Hart did to Bret Hart, right? Mm-hmm. I like that. Dean Ambrose hugs Roman Reigns. I go, wow, he's the lunatic fringe, okay? Well, and you're like waiting for the kick to the gut, and it right. just didn't happen. I go, Dean Ambrose is unhinged. He is a maniac. Maniacs don't hug people without trying to hurt them afterwards, right? And he hugs him, and I go, here it comes. Dirty deeds! Mm-hmm. And then he gives him a kiss Mm-mm. on the cheek and walks out of the ring, and I went, what? No. And I knew, here's when it got really bad. When they went to a wide shot. Of the arena, oh. and you could see Dean Ambrose leaving the ringside area. Like he went through the crowd, and I went, Oh, he's really gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they went, Behold, the King of Kings, or whatever the authority's music is. And Triple H comes down, and I go, Okay, this could be something. And then Triple H extends his hand, and I go, Okay. If if Roman wins clean and joins Triple H at this moment, that's something. I could take that. Just, you know, I'm interested in seeing where it's going. And he spears Triple H. And I went, no. No, there's only one thing left to do here. And all of a sudden, there's a red mohawk and a brogue kick. And it's a shameful thing. And it's a shameful thing. Too many limes. And I go, there are far too many limes. He brogue kicks him and he wins the title. He cashes in. It was really, it was rough. It was rough. I, I, especially after watching, you know, I didn't think the Tyler Breeze Dolph Ziggler match lived up to expectations. The Divas match was okay, but they didn't even touch on the fact that they had brought up the dead brother. Like, why do it if you're going to bury it? Do you think that that Flair, obviously that. That blew out of proportion. Well, let's well not, say, I, I actually I don't say blew out of proportion. That was the wrong verbiage. Obviously, that blew up. Blew up. Correct. Thank you. Um, and then Flair commented on it. Well, before like because I feel like that's a whole topic. Sorry, yeah. No, my you're bad. right though. You're right though. We we'll got get lots back to there. talk about. It. I feel like my, I'm having sensory overload. Well, it's all weaving into each other. And I just drank a lot other. of a lot of fuller. I just drank a lot of Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> just smiling. She wets the bed, you know. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. 
Katie's raising her eyebrows up and down like, yep, she's going to wet the bed again. (laughs) Who says that? Uh, uh, So, yeah, I mean, I was uh, very disappointed with the way Survivor Series ended. And then I thought to myself, this means that at TLC, you've got Roman Reigns and Sheamus in the main event, which is, again, wholly disappointing. Well, uh, back up one step, too. You know I have an issue with the night after, the the, the rematch. It's it's Really, this, this shouldn't just happen 12 hours ago? Roman Reigns and... And, and, and I like, actually, that Rusev was, came out. Oh, you mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't a Roman Reigns Sheamus match. No, but I'm saying, well, there was a there's a Paige Charlotte deal, which I'm, again, Charlotte I'm getting rematch. off track. But I don't want to see it again. Right, the, right. But that's going back to the Divas thing. Yeah, Rusev coming out was cool, but it's still like. I think he should have came out at Survivor Series. For what? Exactly. Because it needed something else. But even if he had come, what would he just come out and be like, oh, Seamus, I guess you didn't need my help. Congrats, though. I'm back. I don't know, man. I just feel like I just ordered a yogurt and it has no toppings. If anything, Seamus should have cast in, cashed in on Vacant when Vacant was the champion. I was going to ask you about that because I saw a few people tweeting you that question. Yeah. That, A, has never been done before. No, Seamus should B, cash I in. B, I feel like there was some, like, made-up rules that you couldn't do that. Because remember we talked about vacating the belt. We we talked about that a few podcasts back. There was like a thirty day rule. There used to be. Okay, where where did that rule go? Where are these like where are these regulations and rules? Like where's the binder? I don't remember that rule. What if he just cashed in on no one? In his mind, he cashed in on a ghost, and he might have thought that it was the ghost of Papa Shango. Or maybe somebody even like Kamala. But guess what? It's Kamala. just the ghost of the doesn't have the IWCCR championship. That's brilliant. Hey, make sure that Nikki stays in the creative room with me. Nikki, we've got some TV to write. Would you ever have a pregnant diva? That sounds terrific. I have an idea for you. What's that? We'll talk next week because I have to run it by Nikki, too. Who's Nikki, too? I'll tell you later. Oh, I can't wait. Make sure she's in here with me. Not a problem, Vince. So. Look. So now you've got the the band of villains, which is the Euro Trash faction. Uh, (laughs) Wade Barrett, Rusev, and Sheamus. They've now aligned with the Authority, which I don't know why you would do that when you could have had the Euro faction and the Authority as two separate groups. I don't know why you would just have them align. Other than the fact that Sheamus has the title. If anything, it would be more compelling if Sheamus had the title and Triple H thought he had uh, a a guy in Sheamus. But instead, Barrett, Rusev, and Sheamus are are, are these new allied forces that are against uh, Triple H all of a sudden. My question for you Mm -hmm. is, where are we going to go from here? For real. I don't think they know. I don't think it's strong. And to your point, ratings are really bad. Here's the thing. Somebody over there is hell-bent on making Roman Reigns... uh, Yeah, but it's working right now, so don't go down that line. No, it's not. More than it has been ever. Slightly. He's still getting booed. He was getting booed at Survivor Series. Are you you kidding me? This is like 90-10 at this point. From like a, a, we always it's use the Royal Rumble. No, Sam, we always use the Royal Rumble as an example where everybody hated him, well, or at least at a way better yeah, margin. But there's a way to do it so people don't boo him. 
Like, people don't... You, you, well, if they were smart, they would have just listened to you, and we should be booing him as a bad guy. Well, yeah. If you're going to boo him, boo him. You know what I mean? I mean, a poor Roman, he's got the ability to carry this thing, except he's just not put in the position. The really odd thing is that they're still kind of forcing Roman Reigns as this top good guy, right? And they're doing it in such a way where they're trying to follow the Daniel Bryan formula to make Roman Reigns the top good guy. The problem with that is they didn't follow the Daniel Bryan formula. They had to adapt to it. The audience invented the Daniel Bryan formula. It's not like they picked Daniel Bryan, and maybe this is revisionist history on their part, but it's not like they picked Daniel Bryan and said, okay, he's going to be the guy. Let's make him the ultimate underdog, and then everybody will cheer him. They were like, oh, my God. These fans are not going to be satisfied unless he's the winner. we got to change this. So now they're trying to manipulate people into feeling the same way, but they seemingly fail to realize that that's what they did. Roman, doing that to Roman Reigns is doing the Batista thing with him, not Daniel Bryan. And what happened to Batista? They had to make him a bad guy. You know, you could stack. At no point will I... As a as a you know hundred thirty pound dork, <laughs> ever feel sorry for Roman Reigns? Roman Reigns is not a sympathetic good guy. He is a sexy man who's jacked to hell and has great hair. Okay, it's a little oily. Well, still I like it. So that's your thing. That's cool. But chicks dig him, man. He looks like a combination of The Rock and The Undertaker. That's the two best things you could be: The Rock and The Undertaker. It's the best. So you can't make him this underdog. He's not smaller than everybody. He's not uglier than everybody. He's not weaker than anybody. Like, he's the man. He looks like the man. He comes in like the man. And instead of just acting like the man and saying, well, I'm the man. This is why I'm here. He's got to be, oh, you know, poor Roman. No poor Roman. He's the man. He has been gifted from God. With every gift that an athletic performer could receive. His contacts are fake. He doesn't even wear the contacts anymore. True story. And I love his brown eyes. (laughs) I loved him from before. That's why it's such a problem with the contacts. That's how you really feel about Roman Reigns. He's the greatest. Uh Uh-huh. But not in the role that he's in. Okay, so fix it. I did already. I can't keep doing it. Well, you got to fix it now. I just asked you where we're going to go from here. Now I got to do this? Yeah, this is your job. If they were just smart, they'd hire you. (sighs) Okay. Okay, where do we go from here? Well, obviously you got Roman and Sheamus. Um, I think the only thing you can do, I'd say have Sheamus win at TLC. Have Roman finally win the title at the Royal Rumble from Sheamus because you cannot have Roman just continue to chase and chase and chase. It's just not going to work. I think you finally put the title on Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble pay-per-view against Sheamus. That's it. Blow it off. Done. Sheamus gets the title for two months. Royal Rumble. Roman Reigns wins it. And then you have to have Dean Ambrose win the Royal Rumble. And then you have to spend from Royal Rumble to WrestleMania building up Dean Ambrose as a potential winner. Now, where do you go from there? I don't know. But I think... You have to, I mean, you have to tell a story and build a world title match between Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. And if you want to do babyface versus babyface, good guy versus good guy, I'm fine with that. 
I don't mind it. Keep Roman Reigns a good guy because now I'm starting to sound like these internet people that want a John Cena heel turn. I am never. I can't suggest a Roman Reigns heel turn anymore because it makes me sound foolish now. It's. I don't think it's going to happen. Hopefully it will, but they seem hell bent on Roman Reigns as a good guy. So put Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose in the main event still at WrestleMania. Uh, with Dean Ambrose winning that Royal Rumble. Because people will be psyched if Dean Ambrose wins the Rumble. And then you can make it good guy versus good guy. Don't turn either one of them. Uh, Just watch where the thing naturally progresses. Uh, Let there be tension between the two of them. Let Roman Reigns remind him that he beat him in nine minutes. Let Dean Ambrose remind him that they came up together and he's got his number. You know, let them mess with each other. Don't be, it shouldn't be a friendly thing going for. There should be some real tension between the two of them. But you can build a tense... Good guy versus good guy, Roman Reigns versus Dean Ambrose, main event for WrestleMania, following a Dean Ambrose win of the Royal Rumble. That's what I would do. I agree with that, and I also think, though, they should do it right this time, and it shouldn't be nine minutes and a blow-off. At WrestleMania? No. Because now you would, st- well, now you go to WrestleMania— Have you and, ruined it? And, no, because now you build. Like People can forget about that match because it was barely a match. And you could say, well, Dean Ambrose was tired from his other match. You can make all kinds of excuses. Or you could say Dean Ambrose has a new fire in him. You could have Dean Ambrose come out and still as a good guy say Roman Reigns has gotten chance after chance after chance. He, was in, he had the title. Sheamus beat him. He was in the main event last year at WrestleMania. Couldn't get the job done. Well, now it's my time. Now it's Dean Ambrose's time, and I'm going to take the spot. And you've got two good guys that are playing it out right in front of us. You've got Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns right in front of us playing out this uh, this this struggle to get that open good guy spot. Because you got John Cena. Hopefully he comes back and they build to a John Cena-Undertaker match and they keep John Cena away from the kind of active roster storyline because all it's going to do is make people look weaker at this point, I think. You know, Cena's got to be loving this because Cena goes away and nobody's got their shit together over there, you know? I've actually heard people say, well, Cena will be back soon, so that'll be good. I feel like we've really left Brock out of this entire equation. Well, no, I think Brock should not be in the world title picture right now. He should be in the specialty I think feature. he should be in it now more than ever with the way things are going. No, because then it would just be a repeat of last year where Brock wins the title, and then he goes away, and then he comes back, and he goes away. I don't think it does anything for anyone for Brock to be the champion right now, but... He doesn't have to be the champion. Just pepper him in. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll have specialty matches. I think he'll have a match at the Royal Rumble. And I think he'll have a big match at WrestleMania. Maybe they'll have uh, Brock versus Hunter. Maybe they'll have Brock versus The Rock. Something like that. Kofi Kingston. All right, I don't know if we need a repeat of that one. (laughs) I remember how it went the first time. how did that end? Uh, Brock was victorious, actually. Brock was able to uh, uh, be victorious over Kofi Kingston. Um, and then maybe, maybe you have Roman Reigns versus Triple H at Fastlane. Oh, that's good. Between the Royal Rumble and, or I don't, see, Triple H factors in. You're going to have a Roman Reigns-Triple H match based on what we saw on Monday night. I like that. That is going to happen. So you have to, so, do you want that at WrestleMania or do you want Roman Reigns in a title match at WrestleMania? Who's against Ambrose? I would say make Roman Reigns the champion, have him face Ambrose, but then you've— Oh, lo- I'd, wait, I'd 100% rather see him face Triple H. Yeah, because then you don't really—but but how do you get to Triple H from here? You have the TLC match, unless, 
unless he loses to Sheamus at TLC, faces Triple H at the Royal Rumble, then there's a fast lane thing, and then somehow he ends up in the world title match at WrestleMania. I think you just gave it more thought than they did. So yeah. it's not. Let's not overcomplicate this. It's not physics. Yeah, I think. Uh, I still think. Oh, I have to rethink that with Triple H involved. Because <laughs> you don't. Have, when when would you do the Triple H match? I mean, they're literally leaning towards doing exactly what they did with Bryant, where Roman Reigns has to wrestle Triple H and the champion. The same at night. WrestleMania. Right. I mean, right. that's that's where this goes, right? And I don't want to see that. That's stupid. I don't know. That was one of the best matches in WrestleMania. Yeah, I guess, but it was two years ago, and it's the exact same scenario. It's two different people. Well, one different person. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even... It's the same people. Yeah, unless... Yeah, I don't know, because you can't have a Triple H... Triple H can't be in the world title picture, because it's a waste of time. Unless he has some kind of... I I, I started to flesh this out about a minute ago. Mm -hmm. Unless he takes it on behalf of the authority and he gets to d- donate it in good Christmas spirit to whoever he wants, even though at that point it won't be Christmas. <laughs> no, no, no. It would be March. <laughs> it, would be, it would be far after that. April showers. Yeah, I, I, I feel like, okay, so you got Roman Reigns versus Sheamus at TLC. That's December. The pay-per-view after TLC is Royal Rumble. So maybe maybe you have Roman Reigns win the Royal Rumble, and then he has to fight Triple H to still get his spot at WrestleMania, and then he fights Sheamus at WrestleMania. I love you're so stressed out right now over this. Because, like, it's they—why do they do it? Grab a Snickers, man. Relax. Why? Why do they, they do it? They do have it? some serious fixing to do over there, though. Because it's not it, exciting. Because that's the way it leads naturally now, right? You have a TLC Sorry, match. Sorry, go back to the—so fa- who do you have a fast lane? Well, right now— you have a TLC match, right? Yep. Sheamus versus Roman. Okay. Triple H screws Roman. Sheamus keeps the title. Roman goes, that's not fair. Triple H goes, well, that was your rematch and you're not getting another one. Roman goes, fine. Then he goes to the Royal Rumble. He wins the Royal Rumble. Uh-huh. Triple H goes, you're still not getting it. And then Roman goes, but I won the Royal Rumble. And Triple H was like, yeah, but before you get to WrestleMania, you got to get through the game. So at Fastlane, Roman Reigns wrestles Triple H. Roman Reigns beats Triple H at Fastlane and then goes on to... I think that's too big for Fastlane. Well, it would be a tune-up. You know, it would, and then have Triple H wrestle like Brock Lesnar or something at WrestleMania. It's even way bigger. Because you can't have Roman Reigns versus Triple H at WrestleMania if you've got Roman Reigns in the world title picture unless you're doing the exact same, same Daniel formula. Bryan scenario. Right. Because if you put the title on Triple H between now and WrestleMania, it's a waste of time. It's a total waste. And... You're right. We're not going to see him get the belt back. It's just that's just too weird. Who Roman? No, Triple, oh, H. Triple H. No, it doesn't make any it doesn't sense. Doesn't make any sense. So the only thing you're left with is either you're not going to see the Triple H match, or Sheamus is going to be the champion until WrestleMania. You're missing uh, out of this picture, though. You haven't factored in Brock. You haven't factored in Taker. Those people aren't going to be in the world title picture. It, they're going to be at WrestleMania. Yeah, but they're going to be doing their own thing. Okay, with uh, to Wyatt again. You're, those are two huge factors. Well, I told you out. what the Undertaker's doing at WrestleMania. I can't. I don't know how many times I have to tell you this. You refuse to believe it. John Cena. That's it. That's the WrestleMania match. Undertaker versus John Cena. I, you, you, you refuse. I think I've really blocked it out because <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's like the first time I've heard this. <laughs> we had an in-depth conversation, and you said the Undertaker was That's not, not big true. enough. I don't remember that. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that John Cena, and then 
I don't know. Maybe you have like uh here's what you could do. Okay. I got it. I got it. <clears throat> you ready? Primetime Sam Roberts versus Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's another thing we have to get into. But, okay. All right. What if we go here? You've got Roman Reigns versus Sheamus at TLC. Triple H interferes. Sheamus wins. One more match. Roman says, give me one more opportunity at the title. And I, if you give me this opportunity, I will never get a shot at the title again. Give me a match at Royal Rumble. Okay. So you've got... Uh, uh, you've got Roman Reigns and Sheamus in a rematch at Royal Rumble. If if Roman Reigns doesn't win, he never gets a shot at the title again. Okay. Triple H goes out to interfere. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be in Roman's corner? Charles Robinson. Din, 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 no. din, 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 din. And Triple H goes, what? And Brock Lesnar stops Triple H. He doesn't get involved, but he stops Triple H from interfering. Because if we remember, Brock Lesnar never got revenge on Triple H for suspending him after whatever pay-per-view that was. So, after WrestleMania. Last year. So you're trying to create a faction between... No, fa- no, it's not a faction. Okay. Brock Lesnar has a vested interest in Triple H. He doesn't care about Roman Reigns, but he's not going to let Triple H get what, he want, get, get what he wants. Fair. Roman Reigns defeats Sheamus because Brock Lesnar stops Triple H from interfering. Now you've got a scenario where the winner of the Royal Rumble is Dean Ambrose. You've got Dean Ambrose versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. You've got John Cena versus Undertaker. You've got Brock Lesnar and Triple H in a rematch. Remember when they wrestled a few years ago? That's your Brock Lesnar match, Triple H, because Brock Lesnar interfered at the Royal Rumble. And then you've got Sheamus on the pre-show. It's <laughs> pretty good, Sam. Okay. That's one way. That's one way. I, I wouldn't change anything except one small thread. Well, what's that? This is the moment where you need to cash in that Legends contract. And, and, and whose Legends is, contract is, would you use? We're, we're kind of at a moment of desperation. Mm-hmm. You know? So you're saying, like, right as WrestleMania starts. And here comes Tatanka. The ratings are through the roof. That's right. Finally, raw ratings are up because Tatanka is back. I'm not here to fix anything. You just said I'm here to enhance it. (laughs) You just did. You just did by a mile. Okay. Now, let's move to the Divas. Yes. Charlotte versus Paige. I like the match on Raw. You know, it was a blow-off. It didn't do anything, but it was cool to see them as physical. Uh... After we recorded the podcast last week, and mm-hmm. I said I did not have a problem with the uh, Ric Flair's kid being brought up, and you said you did, uh, Ric Flair came out and said, I had no knowledge that that was going to be used in the storyline, and, and he said it upset him. My opinion on that? That's up to Charlotte to share with her dad or not. WWE, I know Ric Flair's a legend. WWE does not have to get their storylines approved by Ric Flair. I would say it, Charlotte could, because obviously Charlotte knows this is going to happen. I don't know what the relationship she has with her dad is. It seems great. She could have called Rick and said, hey, dad, just so you know, this is going to come up on Raw tonight. So just wanted to give you a heads up. She chose not to. I'm fine with that, too. But that's their own family problem. Like, I don't, because Ric Flair didn't like it doesn't really change the storyline at all for me. I still don't have a problem with it. And what I do have a problem with is it feels like 
they are getting away from the fact that they did that. Like, they regret it, and so they're not replaying it, and they're not touching on it anymore, which I think is a mistake, because if you're going to cross the line and go that far, you should get all the money you can out of it. And to do that and not own up to it is... I get why. It's like, uh, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Maybe we should double back on it. But I feel like the strongest thing you could do is just own that that happened. Paige is a villainous person. She's a bad, villainous character. She did something that was morally reprehensible. But that's okay because she's a villain. And it is what it is. Do you think that there is any chance that he was playing along and he didn't know? Absolutely there is a chance. I mean, is it definitely true? I have no idea. But there is absolutely a chance. I mean, Ric Flair has been in the wrestling business forever. He lives and breathes the I wrestling business. I don't see that, that family, though, using that to their advantage. Why? And I was, I was glad to see, because obviously we disagreed on this yes. and how it played out. I was glad to see that my shock factor was equally matched on such oh, a, yeah. a global level. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a polarizing thing. A lot of people didn't like it. A lot of people thought it was right, but a lot of people didn't like it. Yeah, and I'm fine with that. And that's the best storylines when you have something to talk about. It's interesting, though, that, that let me just try to make this point, because I feel like as a wrestling fan, there's those very few moments, as I've said before, that really you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like you I, I was multitasking. I like looked up and like for real, they went right. there. But I mean, you could argue that talking about Putin with Rusev for all that amount of time might have been sensitive. It wasn't. Nobody had the reaction quite like they did with this one. No, because this is like real life. This affects people. Like this affected the real person that's in the ring, not the character. And that's why I disagree with you, because then if you're going to talk about the real person and come out with your real name, this is a this is this is entertainment. So did you like when CM Punk, you know, did that did the promo that people still talk about? When he when they quote, I never I, the, the the phrase pipe bomb is so overused, but it was created in that moment for what we use it for now. Did you like when he came out and, and broke down the fourth wall and said hi to Colt Cabana? And, I'm trying to think of another example that maybe not isn't so good. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have me on the spot, so I'm trying like, give another example uh, of when 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 real life got involved. Um, well, I mean, you could easily argue in relationships. Yeah. With, like, um, Lita. Yeah, do you think, or... I mean, like, Edge is not his real name. His name's Adam Copeland. But that became... Or even with the recent, if you want to talk relationships with, with Ziggler Cena. Yeah, I guess. But that became, like, a real fake storyline on a reality show. It was just weirdness. But, I mean, you I mean, you want to talk about screwing it up. Like, what about Rusev getting engaged to Lana and they just decided to end a story out of nowhere? Because These are all such different examples, though. But, no, I mean— I guess I don't know what I'm trying to say. Let's talk about Matt Hardy and Edge. Like, that—I mean, it wasn't as severe. Look. So it wasn't as severe. A kid dying? I can't think of anything that's as big of a deal as a kid dying. It's hard to—and th- not that he was a kid, but your kid. Like, a, your brother or your son. Yes, it's horrible. Right. So it's tough to think of something that matches that. But if you want to talk about real life mixing into character world, I mean, you could talk about Matt Hardy and Edge and Lita and that triangle that was played out in front but of But maybe everybody. you could even uh, – maybe I'm stretching it now. But maybe you could even go in the category of like Zach Gowan. That's real life situation with a disability that they took advantage of that was pushed too far. In my, was pushed too far? in my subjective opinion. How come? Because – 
I remember being at a house show, and I must have been little at the time. Not little, little. We were in, like, high school. No. Was Zach Gowan? No. He's not that old. I was not in high school at the time. But my point of trying to make regardless is I was, like, kind of horrified by it. I remember it was Vince and Sable mm-hmm. versus Gowan and I think it was Stephanie McMahon. But, you know. And it's just, like, I, I don't. There shouldn't be anything wrong. You're supposed to be horrified by it. Like, you're supposed to not like those people. It's supposed to be bad guys doing bad things. These are supposed to be evil people. This is why you shouldn't have bad guys wearing support breast cancer t-shirts. Because they're supposed to be the people who are doing horrible things. Sam. Like, put the good guys wearing support breast cancer t-shirts. Because they're good guys. The bad guys are bad to the bone. They're villainous people. Do you just want people to come out with real weapons? I mean, it worked when Brian Pillman had a gun. That's still it's one of my favorite storylines to this day. It's a PG era, so that might not be as acceptable. But the idea that a bad guy is acting like a bad guy is not such a like horrible thing. Because there are good guys, and the good guys win. So the people that do nasty things and that act inappropriately are the ones that lose. It's a morality play being told in front of us. This is sports entertainment. It's Shakespeare. Not- not let's get people's real families involved, in my opinion. All right. Well, then why are we acknowledging that Charlotte's dad is Ric Flair? He didn't name her Charlotte. Because that's light. Well, like, if you're going to let's bring in the lightness and the darkness. Paige is going to lose at the end of the day. She's not going to be come out and looking strong. She's going to lose. Right. And she's the one that did something bad. The person who did something bad is going to lose. The person that did the right thing is going to win. It's wrestling. And, like, to say that, like, well, that's in bad taste, it's wrestling. It's wrestling. Like, it's, it's in bad taste. There's nothing. Well, I, I will never agree with you on this. There's, no, and I like that. There's, but there's nothing upper echelon. There's nothing tasteful about pro wrestling. There never has been. There never will be. Glad it's a family program. <laughs> Let's talk about the Wyatts. Yeah. I mean, does it make you, first of all, how do you feel, how do you feel about them losing to The Undertaker and Kane? I didn't think it was a good match. I thought it, I mean, you used the nine minute matches as, uh, I should have counted that one. Mm-hmm. I thought it was way too short. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, they could just do whatever they wanted. At any point, oh, you mean the Wyatts? No, Brothers of Destruction. Right. At any point, did you feel like the Wyatts had a chance at winning the match? They sure should have. But at any point when you were watching that match, did you feel no. like that? Yeah. No. That's the problem, isn't it? And all four of them were getting involved. That goes involved. back to your point yeah. of putting the younger people over. It should have never happened like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and, and, and it's such a weird cycle because this is what happens. They go out on Raw and they beat the Dudley boys. And it's as if they want to make people say, see, it's okay because they came out on Raw and now they won. It's like, no, like it happens every time. They win on Raw. They kidnap somebody. They cut a promo. They lose at the pay-per-view. Then they win on Raw. You're right. Then they kidnap somebody. Then they cut a promo. Riot. Then they lose at the pay-per-view. I mean, I, I got a lot of retweets when I said, how can the new face of fear be staring at the ceiling on every pay-per-view? Well done. Right? I didn't see that one. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, as much as I don't like to make comparisons, like I said a few weeks ago, months ago, whatever it was, I said there is no next Shawn Michaels. There is no next Stone Cold. Like the, the, because Shawn Michaels was not the next anyone, and Stone Cold was not the next anyone, the same way The Undertaker is not the next anyone, and Bray Wyatt is not the next anyone. He's the first Bray Wyatt. But comparisons were made early on character-wise with what, they're, what they have the ability to do with Bray Wyatt to what they did with The Undertaker. When The Undertaker first came on the scene, 
it was this character that maybe didn't have that much depth. However, they were able to do things with it, and the man who played The Undertaker was able to do things with the character, so much so that it made it this iconic thing that's lasted 25 years. Now, does the Bray Wyatt character have the ability to last 25 years? I'm not saying that. That's putting the horse before the carriage a little bit. Or maybe the carriage before the horse. The horse is literally always before the carriage. Um, how else would it pull We're it? not really good at metaphors. No, 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 we're not. Uh, but The Undertaker was undefeated for a year. And then he beat Hulk Hogan. Like, if we were treating The Undertaker like we treat Bray Wyatt, The Undertaker would have gone to his first WrestleMania. The Undertaker fought Jimmy Snuka at WrestleMania 7. If that were Bray Wyatt, Superfly Jimmy Snuka would have beaten him. At WrestleMania 7. It definitely would have happened that way. Bray Wyatt has lost, and the Wyatt family have lost so many matches that the character is more like, you know, one of the, like, uh, Papa Shango types than it is The Undertaker. This kind of cool character that just doesn't have any legs behind it because we don't believe him. Like, I'm not afraid of a cult leader that loses at pay-per-view all the time. I'm not afraid of a guy that's met every top guy in the company and lost to them. That's not an accomplishment. Bray Wyatt looked unstoppable two years ago at the Royal Rumble when he beat Daniel Bryan. You remember that match? Mm -hmm. And people Mm -hmm. were like, oh, my God, Bray Wyatt is here. That year, he went on to WrestleMania. I think he beat John Cena once, but he went on to WrestleMania and he lost to John Cena. And it just started a chain reaction of of Bray Wyatt losing to everyone, whether it be Dean Ambrose, whether it be Roman Reigns, whether it be Undertaker, whether it be anyone. He just loses to all of them. And it leaves you with this thing where, like, I don't care how many guys you put with him. See, I would have done it so that there were – make it four – why have two Wyatts versus the Brothers of Destruction? Put all four of them in there against the Brothers of Destruction. Then you can have the Wyatts win. Because it's four on two. And when the numbers are in the Wyatt's favor, they can win. Some people were saying because Luke Harper got pinned, Bray Wyatt still, quote unquote, looks strong. Which I guess is like wrestling terminology. But but, but I, I don't see that at all. Like I watched all – I watched the entire Wyatt family get disassembled by the Brothers of Destruction. And then I watched them beat the Dudley boys on Raw. And it made me think, oh – I wonder who they're going to lose to at the next pay-per-view. Or I wonder which high-profile match they're going to lose in next. Or who's going to beat them at WrestleMania. I understand they beat the Dudley Boys on Raw. But it's a pattern. And it's like... And I don't know if it's one of those things where... You know, The Undertaker is this old-school character that maybe people that have been there for a long time are in love with. And the Bray Wyatt character, as good as it is, was created in NXT... So maybe there's the thinking, well, we want to push the stuff we created in WWE, not in NXT. But, like... That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't make and any sense. And you argued with me when I said The Undertaker should win his mm. last few matches. I said he should lose all of them. Right. But do you see how much more effective it would have been if he had lost this one? He's not on Raw. He's not coming back. I mean, he is coming back, but not immediately. Well, and I think one more point that needs to be made is, okay, you shined a light on the fact that Bray kept losing all his matches, right? But now, maybe because he's got his team back. Right. He's he's much, his power is like. And he's got three big guys with him. 
huge. Right. You remember what made Brock Lesnar came back to WWE, right? And he lost a bunch of his matches. He lost to Triple H. He lost to John Cena. It was not, it was guaranteed when you saw Brock Lesnar in a big match that, uh, it wasn't guaranteed, but it was assumed that he would probably, there was a good chance that he was going to lose. And that was what it was. What made Brock Lesnar look strong? What made Brock Lesnar unstoppable? 21 and 1. Right. When he beat the streak. So you've got a guy like Bray Wyatt who a lot of damage has been done to his character because of all the losses. What's going to make Bray Wyatt look strong? To go in to The Undertaker's 25th anniversary where we are doing a pay-per-view completely celebrating the most iconic performer in WWE history and then spoiling it for him. But then I feel like you're setting that up. Are you thinking long-term for another WrestleMania for that? As close? No, I don't want need to see Bray Wyatt. He just beat him. I know. That's why I'm questioning it. Just beat him. Just, just that's it. That's it. And then have Bray Wyatt beat someone else. Well, but where is this happening? Where is what happening? You're, this match. It, happened, it was supposed to happen last week. A Survivor Series. No, that was like a more of a tag thing. Yeah, let him win the tag match. I and thought that you were talking about a solo. I don't need a solo. Bray Wyatt doesn't need to win a solo. Once he wins the tag match, it's like, okay, we're doing something with Bray now. And then you don't have to have The Undertaker win this tag, lose this solo match. Just get rid of, forget about the Wyatt thing. Take The Undertaker off TV for a while. I have see. him come back, do something at the Royal Rumble, and then have him lose to John Cena at WrestleMania. What's so difficult about it? People just aren't smart. I guess. I don't it's know. It's you, Sam. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm never going to stop watching the show. No. But you're disappointed. I was disappointed. I have all faiths that it'll come back. It always does. But I was disappointed. I'm disappointed right now. I don't think the I don't think the show is is where it could be creatively. That said, I read on the internet that it's only me and ESPN getting interviews on podcasts anyway. I did read that, Sam. So I hope that I'm not kicked off the list. Let me state for the record. WWE approves all interviews. It's always been that way. This article came out online that said uh, after the Paige and Charlotte angle, WWE is now only allowing their performers to do interviews that they approve. Uh, So they will stop doing podcasts and mainly just do ESPN and Sam Roberts. Number one, the only reason my name's in there is not because a WWE source leaked it. It's because one writer just assumed they would still be on my show. Hopefully they will still be on my show because I love WWE. But number two... I've always had to have everything approved by WWE. That's what they do. I mean, it's a company. Like, they've, they, they, it's rare that guys just go and do interviews on their own. Yeah, but one thing you should make very clear, which I think is very important, is we're both journalists. You had never turned in any sort of questions, script. Mm-hmm. Well, that, well that, that's a, that's a that, double-sided thing. We're talking about being approved in terms of agreeing to do a segment. Right, just saying, like, hey, can so-and-so do the show? Make They're that like, clear. Yeah, of course he can. Of course I don't have any questions approved by WWE. That's insane. I don't even know the last time you prepped. Like, I don't even know what questions I'm going to ask. It's very annoying, actually. When I do my interviews. Our first time we worked together, I, I thought I might murder you. Because I don't. Have I have it. like a trapper keeper, you know, with like my name and some hearts around it <laughs> and like all prepared for the last, you know, two weeks and you have nothing. I've got no questions written down. Listen to my interviews. What interview sounds like I have anything written down? I never do. I just go with, like, what I'm curious about, and I ask those questions. On the other end, that anybody 
is bringing journalistic integrity How into into covering pro wrestling is like, come on. Like, is 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 <laughs> is Chris Hardwick a Walking Dead journalist? <laughs> you know, journalism. We all like 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 everybody on the wrestling websites went to journalism school <laughs> and they're reporters. Like, it's a bunch of people who go on the Internet and talk about their favorite TV show. That's what this is. That's what we all do. And we all love it, and that's why we do it. That's actually really funny. Yeah. It's not like this hard-hitting world of news. Da-da-da! Yeah. Now, Katie and I both have journalism backgrounds. Both you and I have done uh, journalistic pursuits, and we bring that level of integrity into what we do. You know what I mean? Like, we, we treat this that way. And so, like, if somebody, when we, whether we're doing stuff for Sports Illustrated or this podcast or SiriusXM or Katie's podcast or whatever of the many outlets that we cover for, at no point will we, number one, jeopardize our integrity or, number two, jeopardize the integrity of the outlet that we're working for. Like, it just doesn't happen. So that said, we would never submit a question in advance you know, if they want us to hit a plug, yes, of course we're going to hit the plug. Every interview of all time has always hit the plug. That's why people do interviews to promote something. But this idea that, you know, real journalists aren't going to be able to do hard-hitting interviews. What are you talking <laughs> about? What do you – then go be a, a, a Big Bang Theory journalist then. It's a TV show that we all talk about. That's all it is. It's not even sports journalism. It's a TV show. We're reporting on what happens on the TV. Like, that's it. That is a very good point. And like I said, think about it that way. Chris, uh, uh, Chris Hardwick, he did Talking Bad, Talking Dead. He talks about these TV shows all the time. Is he a Breaking Bad and Walking Dead journalist? Or is he just a guy who likes the TV show and wants to talk about it with other fans? You know, and do we look at him, Chris Hardwick, like, oh, he's a, he's a shill because he likes the show? No, because Chris Hardwick is not he's not sitting there in bed with anybody. He's not he's just celebrating something that he likes to watch on the TV. That's what I'm doing. That's what Katie does. Katie and I, we hang out and we talk about the TV show we like, which is Monday Night Raw and SmackDown and the pay-per-view. And we watch the network. WWE is a TV show that we like, and so we're talking about it. Yeah. We don't have to take it all that seriously. Nope. And speaking of taking it seriously, yep. for some reason, Melissa Joan Hart... Oh, let's go there. ...thinks that everybody's taking it too seriously. So I posted a video. It's over on my YouTube channel, Not Sam. You can also get it at NotSam.com, of me talking about this whole thing on my XM show, Sam Roberts show, which is on every night... Monday through Friday, starting at 9 p.m. Eastern on XM 103, Sirius 206. You can see, but I posted like a seven and a half minute video that kind of explains the whole thing. So I said on this podcast, and it was reported back to her, that I don't think Melissa Joan Hart writes her own tweets. Well, you should back up for anybody that doesn't know what's going on. Basically, you should give them the gist of the, the two sentences about her uh, Kevin Owens blocking her. Kevin Owens blocked her because she tweeted out, I think Kevin Owens is a boring wrestler. Lazy. Lazy wrestler. Something to that effect. She said he was a lazy wrestler. And then Kevin Owens blocked her, and then she got a whole bunch of whatever, hateful tweets, I guess. Yeah. Then I said, and I've said before, I don't think she's writing her own tweets because I did an interview with her and I did not get that impression. She writes this, speaking of soliloquies, a (laughs) three-page tweet. A twit longer. 
to Taz and to me. It said, at not Sam, at official Taz. And she addressed this letter to us. Number one, it said she writes all her own tweets. And number two, it said that uh, the things we were saying were making her feel uh, uh, less confident about tweeting. And I was like, Melissa Joan Hart, number one, we'll get to whether or not you're writing your tweets. But number two, if you say a wrestler is lazy and then people tweet you saying, we don't like what you just said, that's not them being a bully. You said he was lazy. Like, the first negative tweet came from you. So, like, if there are negative tweets responding to a tweet that you sent out that was negative, how can you blame the people for responding to your negativity with negativity? Really well point made because, you know, when you or I complain about somebody, we're ready for it. You have to be ready for that backfire. It is what it is. Yeah, when I came on here and said, I thought that the Charlotte Page storyline was absolutely fine. You came on here and said, I thought it was not fine and it shouldn't be done. Both of us taking such an extreme, it's it's either A or B, it's black and white. Like we're taking two opposite stances. And when we make that stance, both of us know that we're both going to hear from people that agree with us. And we're both going to hear from people that disagree with us. When you go on here. But you can't, to your point, make that fire and then not expect anything to come from it. Exactly. You're being critical of somebody. And I said on my serious show. And she goes, well, I was just tweeting out about the character, Kevin Owens, like starting to make distinctions. Like, I don't, Kevin Owens shouldn't take it personally because I called him a lazy wrestler. If, I, if it was 98 and I had Twitter and I tweeted out, uh, Sabrina is the worst witch I've ever seen in my life. Melissa Joan Hart would not sit there and be like, oh, he must be talking about the writers. She would read that and be like, oh, I wish he hadn't said that. I don't like that. I don't like that he just said my character was the worst witch of all time. Would she? No. So it's it's the same thing. Now, as far as her writing her own tweets, you can hear the audio on the YouTube video. Because remember last week I said I couldn't find the interview? After she posted this three-page tweet, I dug and dug and dug, and I <laughs> found the interview. It was that on I a did zip drive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to, I had to put, plug in my zip drive and put the disc in. You know, it's, 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 it's the uh, same amount of space as 10 floppies. Oh. That's right. Look at that. That's right. 100 megabytes. But she really was, like, calling you out as a bully. I'm not a bully. She, she said verbatim. This is what she said in the interview. I don't like that. I'm not a bully. You're not a bully. I, the only thing that you do is if you get attacked, you will come back and come back hard. Yeah, I'm going to hit back. I'm like Trump. I'm going to yes. hit back hard. But, like, I didn't start this with her. All I said was in response to her saying – I do a wrestling podcast. I'm a journalist after all. Professional journalist. When she says Kevin Owens is a lazy wrestler and Kevin Owens blocks her, that's news because she's a celebrity. So I'm going to respond to that and I'm going to say uh, – uh, uh, you know, here's what I think of it. She said in an interview that I did with her, and I quote, well, I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have the exact quote. She said that most of her wrestling tweets are regurgitated from her nephew and her sister. Do you know what that means? Written. I mean, she throws up on her keyboard. No, regurgitated <laughs> from her <laughs> sister and her nephew. It means her sister and her nephew tell her something, and she repeats it. And that's what her tweets are made of. If you want to hear the audio, look at the video at YouTube.com slash not Sam. But I mean, and I asked her to do an interview. I told us she was, came up to Sirius XM this week and I told the talent department. Oh, what happened with that, dude? She politely declined to do the interview. The talent department, I know for a fact, said Sam always, every time a celebrity comes in here, they leave feeling good. 
The talent department said, Sam is great. He'll do a great job with Melissa. Trust me. And he and, and I know the talent department told me they said five minutes. Give us five minutes. And they said, well, we're going to politely decline this time. And the talent department said, OK, if you don't want to do it, that's that's cool. And that's fine. But she politely declined to discuss the matter. So that's what it is. So there you go. So there you go. And knowing you, you really do put people over, too. I would have made you could have fine. made the situation look really right. Of course, I would have let her say her piece, but she doesn't want to say her piece because her sister and her nephew aren't there to say tell her what to say. So whatever. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I think I want to go home. I, I'm telling you right now, there's a few people in this world you don't want to start fights with. You are one of them because you will trash them. You have to they have to start it first, mm-hmm. but you will bring them and bring them down to Chinatown. Yep. All right, let's wrap this up. We went okay. way long again. Oops. But I'm happy to do it. Thanks to uh, 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 our buddy from uh, AAA in Mexico for doing the interview this week. Thanks to you, Katie Linendahl, for being on the wrestling podcast. Don't forget his, uh, 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 Dorian, of course, uh, from AAA for doing the interview. If you want to hear Katie's podcast, a lot of big things going on over there. I sometimes help her out with it, but she does a killer job. Go to Katie.show. That's the name of the show, Katie.show. It's a great lifestyle tech podcast. You'll love it. Download that podcast. Follow at Katie Linendahl on all social media. And we'll see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Like Chowski. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.